Hello, good morning and welcome. My name is Graham and I'm delighted to be with you all today as we start these journeys into asking what it is to be really free. Free from constraints and conformity, free from constant testing and peer pressure, and free from unsafe and uninspiring school environments. Free to let children explore the world around them through play, cooperation and inspiration. Free to let children learn naturally, following their innate curiosity and endless creativity. We come to see that learning isn't about doing well at school, it's about engaging with life. I'll be here for you, and I will serve you, and I will carry your message around. Today we do have a very distinguished gentleman with us, Stephen Horwich, who is a Emmy award-winning writer and director specializing in theatre. His works have been presented in theatres across the world in Los Angeles, Toronto, Detroit, Tampa, Connecticut, Montana, London, and St. Petersburg. He recently edited a film written and directed by a student of his, which won the Audience Award at Dances with Films in Los Angeles. And uh, he's also been a professional educator for over 45 years. And he's uh, taught at uh, USC, CSUN, and that was for the Los Angeles Unified School District. He could only manage one year with with, uh, that role. Uh, Since then, he's uh, been in private schools for well over a decade, as well as uh, uh, private workshops for actors, writers and directors for over four decades. And uh, back in 98, he started creating a comprehensive K-12 homeschool curriculum. And that covers all the major subjects except for maths and foreign language. He completed authoring this curriculum made up of uh, almost 300 courses called Steps back in 2015. So I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about. Great insights from two two worlds there, the theatre and education. So thank you so much for joining us today, Stephen. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, ex- I'm very excited to meet you, and, and uh, you have wonderful people that are representing various viewpoints about alternative education, and it is the most important discussion for us to be having at this time. Yes, yeah, Professor Boys brought that up. He thinks it's the, it is the question um, that we should be addressing now, the, the future of education, how we see it, how important it is in raising self-reliant, self-directed, innovative, creative children. So, yeah, we like to start these um, conversations just to go back to your own schooling, Stephen. If you could just uh, take us back there and how you look back on that experience. Was it positive and do you feel you use uh, anything you learned back then in your daily life today? Uh, my education really stems from two sources. Uh, I was a public school educated child, but of course this was 50 years ago. I'm, I'm 61 now. And uh, public education was handled in very different ways back then than it is now and had a very different agenda. Uh, it has phenomenally degraded since that time. But the one thing I did pick up from public schooling, two things really. One, at that time, the resources were there to support students who wanted to work in the arts. Uh, That is no longer true, particularly in Los Angeles, which is a very sad joke because Los Angeles is such a focal point for the arts in the United States. Uh, but we we don't do a very good job of teaching in the arts anymore, and a lot of the 
parks programs were weeded out of public education about 25, 30 years ago um, for quote-unquote funding purposes and because uh, George W. Bush put the emphasis on science and math as if that's all there is to education. Um, but I did learn how to read. Uh, I was actually taught to speed read in first grade which has been a phenomenally valuable thing for me and allowed me to do a great many of the things that I do. And um, I was supported in my pursuit of theater arts very much so, particularly in junior high and high school and music uh, in junior high and high school. Those were the things that I took away from my public education. But most of my education was uh, I did it on my own. I'm, I'm very much a self-educated person uh, in the areas of history and science and philosophy and, and uh, education. Uh, I read incessantly. I always have. And I read everything I can get my hands on that I think will be of any use in terms of the things I would like to see done in the world. Uh, and the most important thing I would like to see done in the world right now is for the area of education to become uh, effective and workable in the United States. It's a complete bust at this stage of the game, particularly public ed. But private schools are not much better uh, as a rule. There are exceptions, but as a rule, uh, we in the United States have placed emphasis in education in all the wrong places. Uh, on testing and evaluation of the student, which is completely useless and not in any way valuable. You cannot, from a test, know what a child is going to become in life, particularly a test given to a child in his younger years. So if you're testing for aptitude, I, I just find this a hideous joke. Uh, with an 8-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 10-year-old, you have no idea what that child might get interested in tomorrow, where his true aptitudes may lie, where his quote-unquote calling may be. Uh, so all of the, the ludicrous levels of testing and uh, standardized quote-unquote education for public schools, uh, which sets the bar at a phenomenally low place, uh, it's pretty disastrous. And when I look at my education, the, the education I received in, in public schools, it doesn't resemble what is available to children today in public education in the U.S. It simply doesn't. Uh, and 20 years, 30 years prior to my time in public education, public schools were teaching, uh, teaching Greek and Latin. That ended. <laughs> uh, any interest in classical civilization ended. Uh, any idea that history could be taught in a coherent way uh, on a timeline where you could see cause and effect instead of jumping all over the place ended. Um, we just don't do a very good job with it here. So there you go. Yes, yeah, no, yeah, insights I think most of our guests uh, share definitely. And um, with the rise of this uh, popularity in homeschooling, it is a, seem, does seem to be a uh, a, a solution of sorts to um, these problems. Um, yeah, being taught in snippets of unrelatable facts that just seeing the world is this big mess where nothing can be relatable. Um, so I was just wondering if there was there actually a moment in your um, in your schooling or later in life that you realised there was something 
really wrong? And when did that start to manifest your your uh, ideas of looking for something, some other solutions? And um, could you possibly recommend a, a good place to start yeah, for anyone interested in homeschooling? Yeah, I, sure. Uh, as as an educator, um, the moment when I realized that that uh, the way we're doing it here in the U.S. again is not in any way workable or, in fact, intended to work was the one year that I spent trying to teach for LAUSD. I was about 24 years old at the time. Uh, I had been brought in, actually, as a teacher's assistant, and I ended up teaching six classes a day unassisted uh, in all kinds of areas, generally in the areas of English and theater arts, where I, I had and have some expertise and already had won an Emmy Award at that point, so they were happy to have me. But I, I really, you know, got to know the teachers at that, that particular school. It was what we call a magnet school, where students were brought in from around L.A. County. Uh, students from uh, economically distressed areas were mixed in with students from economically blessed areas. And uh, there was no intention to teach. Uh, the teachers, as a rule, as I got to know them, I realized that almost one for one, not quite, but almost, they, dis they despised their students and said so in private and in the most vehement terms. Uh, and I saw the results uh, that were coming out of the school district at that time, illiterate students. Uh, I had a student I was teaching in an English elective course. He was an 11th grader, very bright, super bright, uh, very interested in theater arts, wanted to be an actor, really nice young man, completely illiterate couldn't read a word. Uh, when I put him in a play, I had to record his parts so he could learn them, put them on a tape so that he could take them home and learn them. And when he signed his name in my English elective course, he signed with an X. And when he was assigned a book to read, he could not read a sentence. At the end of the year, I sat down with the head of the English department at that magnet school and I pointed out that he was entirely illiterate and really needed help, really needed some sort of remedial program that would allow him to be able to read before he graduated high school. And her reaction was, that's not what we're here for. We get paid for moving students from grade to grade. So if we hold him back, the school uh, receives less funding, and we're not going to permit that to happen. So over my strenuous objections, he was moved forward to 12th grade, and I quit. That was the end of my time with public education. Uh, the year was, uh, I, I equated to a year in hell, and I saw exactly what the actual intents were and how the teachers in that particular case felt about their students. I realize there are teachers in public education who do love their students, do care about them, and do make an effort, but they are entirely enmeshed in a system that is calculated to fail the student and their family and their community. And the teachers who are working within that system are the delivery aspect of that system. So they can protest that it's the system, they can complain about it, you know, we're forced to work to public standards, uh, government-enforced standards, but the reality is they're receiving a paycheck and they are failing their students. 
They are receiving a paycheck and they're delivering the education the state mandates. So they are responsible. Whether they're good teachers, good people, it's irrelevant. And uh, they should not be paid for that. If they care about their students, they should find ways to close the system down and work in alternative systems that actually have the students' best interest at heart. So there you go. Yes, yeah. A fascinating insight from, you know, actually seeing it in in real life. Yeah, one can only imagine some great documentaries being made on on the school and comparing it to the prison system it does seem a, a lot of yeah. uh, similarities there i know you've, you've you've ventured into the world of homeschooling after this this experience so I, I imagine really prompting you to offer a solution to these these really endemic problems that seem to exist just wonder if you could tell us how your education your homeschool curriculum was born and has it changed over time your motivations and and what's its current mission well uh I didn't go immediately into the homeschooling uh, thing when I was 24 years old um, because I didn't have children yet. I married when I was 30. Uh, my wife and I have two children who are now fully grown up. Uh, my daughter is 29 and my son is 25 years old. And um, she, my wife, passed away in 2001 when they were 12 and 9 years old, respectively. Uh, she was not in favor of home education, my wife. Uh, we had our kids in private schools where I taught and created arts programs and writing programs and theater arts programs and music programs and ran them for them so that I made sure they had received from the beginning an arts background. Uh, and he became, a, my son, a, a very good actor and my daughter a very good writer. So... Uh, when she passed away, I made the unilateral decision that I was going to home educate my children from that point forward because though they were in a good private school, like all private schools, that school felt an obligation to fit into the general pattern of education and the, the rules and the requirements uh, at that time that uh, public ed was layering on all education in the United States in which colleges were tending to enforce. That has changed and is changing very rapidly now, but at that time, that's how it was. So I, I then decided to home educate my children. This was uh, really at the beginning of the school year 2002, September. I looked at what was available. Uh, in the way of curriculum. I was looking mostly for history and science uh, because I already had started writing creative writing and other arts programs uh, for the private schools where I'd been teaching. I had been I had created a format where I could write a course and they each student moves at his own pace, which is critical to home education and really to any successful education. Move at their own pace get to the end of the course when they get to the end of the course. And in that way, every student has learned everything in the course at their own pace. And it doesn't matter when they finish. The important thing is they all learned whatever it was that they were intended to learn at that point. So uh, I couldn't find anything. I, all of the curriculum that I saw uh, back then and 98% and of the curriculum available today is not secular, and I believe in a secular education, though I also believe that religion should be a very important part of 
a secular education in history and philosophy. Uh, students should thoroughly understand the world's religions, thoroughly, completely, so they're not afraid of them when they encounter them in life. They're a very big and important aspect of life, uh, and I think that education should embrace that uh, without inculcating a belief in any particular religion. You can teach about all of the particulars of religion without selling the religion to the student. So that's a big part of what I wanted to accomplish when I sat down to write history courses. I also wanted a history study that told history on the timeline that, that presented everything in a cause and effect way uh, so that you saw the, the evolution of history, you saw how we got where we are uh, instead of weeping around the way public education does. Uh, and I wanted science to do the same thing, develop logically from science to science to science. Uh, you can't study biology without having some sense of chemistry first. You, you know, there are, there are ways to organize science so that it, it grows in your mind and makes sense as you progress. So uh, I was looking for that, and I couldn't find it, and all of the curriculum that was available out there was second-rate curriculum or uh, very much religiously based. So the first night I started home educating my children, I sat down and I started running history courses the way I wanted them to work, where the, the student is directly involved in everything he learns, where the student is asked, for his impression of what he just studied, his ideas of what it means to him in his life. Uh, I'll give you an example. When a student studies uh, the life of Alexander the Great and his accomplishments, one of the questions that he would be asked in my curriculum is, well, Alexander did two things with people that he conquered, peoples that he conquered. One, he would raise their city to the ground. Uh, and uh, march away, you know, leaving dust behind him. And two, he would make allies of them, leave them in charge of their own city, and then move on. Uh, which would you do and explain why you would make that choice? And, of course, there is an argument for either approach, an argument for either approach. Uh, and we allow the student to decide for himself what he would do. And there is no right or wrong answer uh, because it's it's not a test. Testing has no place in education other than to determine what the student did or did not learn. Grading has no place in education other than to degrade the student and to force his family to do his homework with him or for him, and in that way control not just the student but the family as well. Uh, these are tools that have utterly failed in education, and when I wrote my curriculum, I wanted to toss them out, and I did. We have testing purely to determine in each section of study, what did you learn? What didn't you learn? And the answers are not multiple choice, and they're not yes, no. They are write three or four sentences about your understanding of who Alexander the Great was, or that kind of thing. Only in chemistry are they specific answers, you know, and they're not multiple choice or yes or no, you have to answer the question. Whatever you don't know in my curriculum, whatever you haven't learned, you go back and you restudy it, and then you answer that question again, and you get it right. So before you move on to the next section of study, you've learned 100% of the materials that you just studied. And that means when you move on to the next piece of study, which is cumulative in nature, you walk into the, the, the most, the more difficult study, having the 
the thing you just completed thoroughly in your pocket so that you don't confront new information and more complex information that depends on an understanding of the previous information with a lack of understanding. Uh, I wanted the curriculum to work that way so every student could move at his own pace, every student can learn all of the material. The standard in my curriculum is 100% comprehension at the end of the study. And um, we accomplish that regularly. Right. The bar to critical thinking and how everything is basically connected. We didn't just arrive here by chance. And uh, that's something looking back in my, in my own experience. Yeah, especially history. It was just uh, it was completely unrelatable facts and uh, taken completely out of context with why things happen. So, yeah, fascinating approach that so different to the traditional school model. Just going into that, the public school model. As you see it now, do you think there is any, we have asked some previous guests this question, some say, well, yes, and some say it, it, might, it might be around in the future, but do you see there is a, a chance of it surviving or does it really need to be rethought and, and rebuilt from the ground up? Yeah, I've given that a lot of thought. I actually wrote an entire book about uh, what we should be doing now uh, to replace public education, exactly where we should be allocating resources and what we should do with the three million American teachers when the school districts close. Here's the reality in the United States. Right now, as we speak, public schools are being closed all over the country uh, at a rate that is breathtaking. Uh, I just read about uh, one city where 50 schools were closed at the beginning of this semester, and that was in a single city. In a single school district, they closed 50 schools because they, quote unquote, don't have the funding. Now, in the U.S., we have money and all kinds of things for a very small number of our population who are already very blessed, but we apparently cannot afford to support education. Now, I have a mixed feeling about that. I think public schools should be closed. I think they should be closed, not because we should not be educating our children, but because we should be educating our children. And public education has failed in that task for well over 80 years now. Uh, we started public educating children in the United States in the 1860s. And uh, when it was made mandatory and collectors were sent out to pick up kids and drag them to school, they were met at the door by farmers and families with guns uh, because they, they felt that they had uh, full responsibility for their children. And the Little Red Schoolhouse system worked pretty well. It certainly works better than public education today. And uh, there's a lot to be learned from that model. So. My own feeling is summing it all up, and it's, it's, I, I can talk about this for hours and give you numbers that are, are very disheartening about public ed, is that uh, the tens of billions of dollars we're spending every year on public ed to support 3 million teachers who are very overpaid and underworked, regardless of what they say. Uh, it needs to come to an end because uh, in many large cities, over 50% of the students who start high school don't finish it, and yet the teachers get paid and the system eats up the resources. Well, that means that those school districts have failed over half the children they were supposed to service. If you were buying a car and, you know, some car maker, Ford, only half their cars started when you turned the ignition key. Uh, 
you would not buy those cars. You would stop buying those cars. They would go out of business. If you were buying McDonald's hamburgers and half of them made you ill, nobody would go there. People would stop going to McDonald's. They would go out of business. But the educational system is allowed to generate an endless row of flat ball bearings of students who don't make it even through their very low standards, their outrageously low standards for education. These kids cannot make it through because the system doesn't have their best interest at heart and doesn't know how to educate a child. Every student is unique, entirely unique, their own universe entirely unique. So you cannot apply a one-size-fits-all approach, a cookie-cutter approach to education. It is doomed to fail. It can only fail. Who knows a child best? Their parents, their family, the child himself, their friends, the people close to them. The school district, it, I sat in a lot of public ed classes, even recently, and you walk into a classroom where there's 35, 40 kids, and they're there for 40 minutes a day in that particular class in high school, 45 minutes, and the teacher absolutely does not know their names, does not know their names, and without a seating chart would be hopelessly lost. That teacher has less than one minute on average per student per day to help them with anything, and really not that because they have to teach, quote-unquote, the entire class and keep them all up to a certain standard, which is ridiculous because they should each be moving at their own pace. So uh, what we have here is a very bad idea, public ed, putting a bunch of students in a room and expecting them all to move at the same pace and learn exactly the same things in the same way because what? They're all the same age? The history of public education is all about standardization and education more than any other area except maybe the arts requires no standardization. It requires true respect, profound respect for the individuality and the uniqueness of every student in front of you. And that's exactly what public ed can't do. And because of that, I think it has to go and be replaced with all kinds of forms of private education, each one uniquely crafted to honor, respect, and educate an individual. Without that, I don't think we succeed at education. I think we see exactly the results we have in the United States now over the last three or four generations of declining intelligence, declining discernment, just declining everything that matters. Wow, yes, yeah, some sobering thoughts there and uh, definitely a lot to take away. Thank you so much for your time today, uh, Stephen. I really appreciate that. You've um, really opened up a lot of avenues for people to explore and really get to understand from a teacher's point of view what's going on in schools. If uh, parents there are listening, maybe they are interested in looking for alternatives, homeschooling might sound appealing or definitely an alternative charter school or a Sudbury school, what, whatever it might be, but they might feel... Uh, overwhelmed with the choices or, or might have some fears, whether their own or family, friends, um, societal fears of taking their kids out of public schooling. Um, what advice could you give to parents uh, maybe considering alternative options? The first thing I would say to any parent who has doubts about their ability to educate their child or to pull them out of the system is, right now it's entirely legal in almost every place in the U.S. for you to remove your child from public school. And in most places, you don't even have to inform the school district. That's number one. Number two, 
You know your child. You know your child better than the teachers at the school. Teachers also don't know the subjects they teach. They are not given degrees in science or history or whatever subject. They're given degrees in education. And those degrees only tell us that that teacher is steeped in the methodology that has failed students for the last 80 years. That's what they got a degree for. You cannot do a worse job educating your child than public education and most private education does. It just isn't possible. You know your child. You have your antenna up. You're looking at him and listening to him so that when he expresses interests and, and whatever you know he wants to do with his life, uh, whatever his calling happens to be, you will be far more likely to spot it and be able to move his education in that direction, focus it on his interests so that he will love his education instead of feeling like it's a burden that he is endlessly stuck with. If he's studying what he loves, if he's studying what he's interested in, and those things will change as a child gets older, you have to keep your antenna up and keep looking at that child, but you cannot possibly do a worse job than public ed. You can only succeed where they fail. That's number one. Number two, I think that parents often feel they're not qualified to teach uh, many subjects. You know, I don't know history. I don't know this subject. I don't know that subject. Well, great. Use a curriculum like mine then that does the teaching for you where you are basically supervising and making sure that the child gets through the course and understands what they studied, but you don't have to know the subject. And if you really are concerned about that, do the course yourself. Learn history yourself. Learn science yourself. I had to do that. That's how I wrote this curriculum. I had to go back and read four or five college textbooks in every single science I wrote a course on and, and was stunned at the contradictions within the books. Just stunned. But you know, I had to make sure I had a, a very good understanding of what I was about to teach. You can do that. If I can do that, you can do that. But you don't have to. A curriculum like mine does that work for you. Um, use a curriculum if you're unsure of the subjects you're teaching and, um, and let that curriculum do its job. And if it doesn't, move on to another curriculum. That's what home educators do. But do not doubt that given whatever failures you will have, and there will be bad days and there will be bad weeks and you will have failures in educating your own children. I did and everybody does you will still be doing a far superior job of educating your children than any school can do uh, simply because you're there and you see the child and you hear the child and you know the child and you can shape as a homeschooler shape precisely what the child is exposed to to fit what they're interested in yeah that's brilliant brilliant advice and uh very positive to take away i know you're going to kindly give um, our listeners a, a free booklet uh, all about steps there's one of you could just tell us a little bit about that and also how people can get in touch with you um well uh, you know i i, I have a site uh, www.stepsed.com uh, where the curriculum is available and where you can get this free booklet. The All About Steps booklet, it's quite long, you know, and it's 40 or 50 pages, and it, it 
defines how I think education can be done. It's not just about steps. It's about home education and how you can do it. It's about how you schedule your day to homeschool and how you handle your finances to homeschool and how you shape which subjects you're going to utilize at any given time to really support your students' ambitions. It's about a lot of things, and I, I think people find it very useful, uh, particularly if they're just starting out homeschooling. And it does explain how STEPS work, and it does explain how you would use STEPS most profitably to educate your child. So uh, if you go to my site, www.stepsed.com, you can download that free booklet. It's always free, and there are other free uh, courses and, and samples available as well on the site that will be useful to you as a home educator, whether or not you use steps. If you want to write me, you can certainly write me through that same site. Uh, I'm the one who receives all of the communications uh, that come from there, and I'm the one who responds to them. There isn't anybody else, so you will be talking to me if you write me from that site. That's great. Well, thank you once again, Stephen. And uh, yeah, very interesting talk. I'm sure our listeners got a great deal from that. So uh, thanks once again and have a great day. Thank you, Graham, very much. I hope you got as much out of that talk as I did. An excellent introduction to where we are now and where we could be. Please check your inbox. We'll be back in touch very shortly for much more inspiration for you to start your journey into homeschooling, child-led learning and liberty. If you know of any families looking for alternatives to school, please give them our information, homeschoolingandliberty.com, and they are more than welcome to join us on this journey. We'll see you real soon. Cheers. Calling us with this new song Yeah, you gotta listen what it has to say Yeah, it will guide you along Yeah, you gotta put yourself first every time And she will catch you when you fall Yeah, you gotta love yourself from within Love yourself till you're full, yeah, yeah You gotta take the power back Reclaim Ask yourself this question. What is so amazing and wonderful that government-run schools that you would send your children there to be taught by essentially strangers, a curriculum over which you have no authority or control? How would you like to be a part of your children's learning? You were a part of your children's learning as colors, how she ties her shoes, what is a butterfly, why mommy loves her. Why would you not want to continue to be a part of that? Look at what you've been told for so long that you have to say, well, maybe maybe they're not right and maybe your instincts are right. Unlearn those things. This is about human rights and endowing children with dignity and agency and autonomy. Um, and, and then guess what? As a side benefit, it works.